What is stopping you from serving God? That was a question that my friend Haley Radica and I were discussing one time in the car. Now, Haley is my friend. She and I work together at the Joy FM. She's a, what, social media manager. <laughs> and it was a discussion, Haley, uh, that brought us down kind of a rabbit hole because she was talking about the things that, she, you know, her list, and I was sharing my list. Now, Haley, you're a decade younger than me, mm-hmm. give or take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like to remind each other of that. <laughs> no, no, girl. You like to remind me of that. That's uh, okay. But anyway, right now, you're serving as a young life leader. Mm-hmm. But take us back to where um, you answered that question for yourself. Like where I started serving. Mm-hmm. And why? You, wh- what was stopping you? So I guess to catch up on my story to where I got to where I am now, yeah. um, I had just graduated from college and I was just going through a really hard transition season and I'm, I'm pretty open about it now, but I was just really struggling with that. I don't really know what I want to do in life yet, but college was so great and I didn't really want it to end and I knew kind of what I wanted to do for a career, but not really. And I just went through a really hard year, like a year of just, I feel like God kind of took everything away Um, and like all my friends from college had either gone to grad school or moved home. I didn't really have a career job yet. And I just was like, I just didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I was floundering. I wasn't necessarily like growing in my faith or anything like that. And so I just felt super alone and I was going through a season and my mom is the one who really just said, okay, like I know you're going through this season and that's okay. And we need to process your feelings and like, you know, let's work on your relationship with God, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I definitely was following God, but just I wasn't doing anything to grow and kind of go deeper. And she's the one who really encouraged me to start serving. And um, as she's- And and serving- In any capacity. Just just start. Just start serving. Basically what she said is you've, this is her term that she uses all the time is you've got to stop navel gazing Mm -hmm. um, and just looking at yourself and what's going on with you. And let's just find an area where you can start- giving back, you can serve, you can look at, be others focused where you can start looking at other people and say, what can I do to serve and love other people better? And let's just kind of stop worrying about the things that you're going through. And those things will work themselves out through you deciding to serve somewhere. Well, and that's, you know, the season that you were describing, mm-hmm. something that you and I've talked about often is that that's, that's a woman's life. A woman's yeah. life is just made up of seasons because I was telling you as a spoiler alert, when mm-hmm. you have children, that's another hard season yeah. where you feel lonely and you feel isolated mm-hmm. because that was basically the feelings that you had coming out of college, you feeling isolated yeah. and, and lonely. Mm-hmm. So what would you say was the main thing that stopped you from serving God? Um, I would say, I mean, it's the same reoccurring thing for my whole life. And I would say for me, it was fear. I'm really introverted and I just, I don't have, I'm not good at putting myself out there. And I tend to like to just kind of sit by myself and not bother other people. And um, I saw this quote recently that basically said, um, the goal in life is to not make yourself as small and tiny as possible. And I was like, oh, that, I feel that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I just, I've always been afraid of doing something, doing things that are risky. And as silly as it sounds, um, getting involved in new things to me feels like a risk because I don't know what if I don't like it? What if I'm not good at it? What if nobody likes me? What if I they think I'm not good at it? Or just all these what ifs of like, 
oh, no, I'm not going to be, you know, just lies from the enemy, just Mm kind of saying like, here's the laundry list of reasons why you shouldn't do something that serves the kingdom, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to God, like, trusting that God's going to show up even when you do it. Well, and then the flip on that, Haley, is that a lot of times too, you know, serving God is messy. Mm-hmm. It is, is sticky. You're dealing with people and their issues. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I think what I do is I pull away mm-hmm. because it's messy and yeah. it's hard and yeah. people hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think I go through it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's mm-hmm. almost like I feel those feelings. I don't like to feel that feeling. And so I'm going to go mm-hmm. the other way. Yeah. I feel like um, I totally can understand that. And I feel like for me, it's just, I don't know, it feels like I don't want everyone to be an inconvenience or a bother or just all of those things that I put ideas to to help. I feel like people will respond to me. Mm -hmm. I put them on to others before I even step out and do it. And so it's like I've already convinced myself before I do it that no one's going to like me, that I'm not going to be good, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And those people, whoever I'm serving with or for, have never have the opportunity to even meet me because I've already decided what I think they think about me. On another side, too, is sometimes I feel like I should serve God um, the way that you think I should serve God. Mm -hmm. So I'm a woman. I should just be really good at changing diapers and doing the church nursery. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. that's not my jam or making you a casserole. Like, Mm -hmm. trust me, Haley. Call my husband. He's really good at it. I am not. and But that's that pressure of, mm-hmm. as a woman, I should, right? Yeah. I should keep the nursery. I yeah. should sign up to, you know, give mm-hmm. out the casseroles and stuff. But, that, but that's not how God made me. Right. And see, I don't feel, I'm not quite in that season. I feel like where I don't feel. You just buckle up, sister. Being in, in even in church ministry, I mm. feel like I'm still in the young adult age group to where I think that's probably more of a mom thing. Like if you're a mom, the then pressure. you're expected to do yeah. all the mom stuff. For me, it's more like I don't have the personality type too. Like I'm not really that outgoing or I'm not as fun as blah, blah, blah. Or my personality isn't that big, so I can't do X, Y, Z. Like I just need to do something quiet in the corner where nobody will look at me or, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so. But it, it all goes back to that navel gazing like right. you were talking about. Like all mm-hmm. of it, even what I'm just telling you, the reasons yeah. why I feel like I say no to God yeah. in serving is because of me navel gazing. Yeah. All right, so when you started serving God, how did you see that bondage um, be released from you? It's it's crazy because it's like you can see God moving in you and you don't even really realize how. And then all of a sudden you look back and you realize like where you've come from where you started. And the so for me, my getting involved um, serving was through an organization called Young Life. And so what Young Life is, Um, For people who don't know, it's an outreach organization that um, aims to kind of introduce Jesus to middle schoolers, high schoolers, um, friends with special needs, all that kind of stuff. And so this specific area I serve in is with high schoolers. And so there were two things that I really was focusing on, I guess, in Young Life, and that was to introduce teenagers to Jesus. Um, And a lot of times, like these kids are not kids who are church kids, so it's not going to be the same kids who do youth group, church ministry, that kind of stuff. They're ones whose parents, some of them have never stepped foot in a church in their entire life. Um, And so it's just about getting to know kids. And so my reasons were wanting to introduce kids to Jesus and let them know the freedom and security and love and grace that I feel in knowing Jesus. And then also 
I wanted it to be a way to kind of practice and get better at speaking publicly about my faith just because I don't know what God will call me to in future seasons. I'm not saying I'm going to be a speaker or anything like that, but I mean, you're doing it right now. (laughs) That's true. Technically. (laughs) Um, But it's like, I just wanted to be able to get better at talking about my faith publicly. Um, And we have to give like club talks, you know, a couple once or twice a semester where we talk for 10 minutes, like a little bitty mini sermon. We usually tell a story from the Bible and then relate it to our lives. And so I just wanted to get better at doing that. And I'm scared of public speaking. So that was a really big stretch for me. But yeah, that's kind of what I got involved in. And then through it all, mm-hmm. you've built community. Yeah. What you were looking for at the beginning. Yeah. It's crazy because it's it's even crazy when I can see how God has, like, I did that first and then stepping out and doing Young Life, like I'm mentoring high school girls. Um, and then from that, like, there's still areas in my life where I felt like I was probably in maybe what we call partial obedience, <laughs> which isn't like partial obedience is not uh, full obedience. It's still right. disobedience. But I feel like that was the first step for me in building community and just really like, I don't know, like we said, stop navigating, stop focusing on yourself. And then from there, it led to kind of getting involved in a church a few years down the line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we weren't meant to live alone. Right. But it's also kind of a pride thing to say, like, I, I need people. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because... We don't want to feel like we need anybody else, but I feel like when I went through my season of God stripping people away, it was to show me that I needed him first. And then once I feel like I got that handled, I don't know, unless once I kind of learned that lesson, that's when he started saying, okay, now that you have me and now that we have a real relationship, now it's time to build community. And so the first step for me was getting involved with Young Life. And do you find yourself like looking for somebody who's in that season? Because I mean, and I, you know, I've shared that this um, a lot of times, you know, behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. and so I'm like, now I'm going to share this on the microphone. But <laughs> I'm it, an open book. Yeah, no, well, is because that season is so hard. I remember going out of college, and yeah. and all of a sudden I had zero friends. When I had like a dorm full of friends, I mm-hmm. could just open up my door, and there was somebody there. Yeah. Um, to go to that season, and then the other lonely season is when I just had um, my first daughter, mm-hmm. and not having somebody to talk to and yeah. feeling so alone and then saying like, well, who am I? What mm-hmm. am I? What am I supposed to do? Right. And, uh, and that navel gazing. Yeah. And it's so, it's hard because I, I've been involved in church my whole life. Like right. I grew up in the church, um, love youth group. And that was the first time I ever got a taste of church community was in youth group in high school. And then throughout my college years, I wouldn't say I wasn't a believer. I just don't think I prioritized like growing in my faith. Like I always loved God. I always believed but it just wasn't a priority for me. Um, and so when I left college and I was kind of going through that season, um, got involved in Young Life, started growing, started working on some things, like some personal stuff that I just had to kind of deal with. And then from there, I could really feel, I would say probably three years ago, I really started feeling that like tug inside of God saying like, okay, it's time to really get involved in a church. And I was kind of bouncing around between churches, but no roots planted anywhere, not really even looking for roots planted to be planted anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so... I got invited um, to a church and went. And it's crazy because I've been hearing about this church for like a year, never went. And mind you, like I'm a grew up in the church girl and I was still too scared to like go by myself. And so a friend invited me and I went. And from the first Sunday, I just loved it. I knew I was like, this is my new home. And so I went attended for a year <laughs> so last summer which is like a you're like the back row kind of a oh yeah, yeah yeah sneak in sneak out like if I was by myself like I'd sneak in I know sit by is. myself 
But it took about a year and a half of being there before I really felt like God saying, like, it's time to get involved. You know, like it's time to not just attend, but um, to get involved. And that's kind of when I joined a small group and started leading. And so I feel like in that, though, that's where I've really seen God use that whole idea of looking for people in your season. And I don't know, I just have a heart for younger girls who are entering transitionary periods. I think because of how much I grew in my post-college transitionary period, I see girls in high school going to college, college going into the real world. And I just really have a heart to say it's scary and it feels really lonely, but it's not going to last forever. I promise. I promise there's abundance on the other side. You just kind of have to get through the hard feelings to get to the abundance. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. So, yeah. It 1000% makes sense. And I think, um, I think the scary thing is, is that when you get that abundance it is to, um, is to share it with others, right? Right. Is to, is to get, give that out. But then also on the other side is to know that like that season's going to be changing soon. Because mm-hmm. I, I remember going to a women's retreat at my church and I went to like a mega church. Yeah. And there were people all around me and I thought, how am I so lonely if there's somebody, all these people around me? Mm-hmm. Who are in my church, you know what I mean? People I should know, but I don't know because I had withdrawn myself, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of. Yeah. I think about like when I'm, because right now I'm in a small group at church and I'm with mostly other young single, 20 something single women. But I do think like, okay, well, if marriage comes, like what will that look like for me? Like all of a sudden I won't be able to just do whatever I want anytime I want. And then motherhood adds a whole nother layer on top of that. And so. I don't, I don't know yet how to prepare for those transitions, but that's why I have friends like Jules. <laughs> um, but I don't know yet how to like, what will that look like? How will things change? Like, I know they will, but it's scary a little bit, the idea of just the unknown transition. Right. But then helping other women, because mm-hmm. now you're helping with the youth, mm-hmm. because there's going to be another transition when they go into uh, college. Right. I mean, that's what you and I have been saying is like, there's always these seasons. There's mm-hmm. always where you think you're at this plateau with God and God says, no, 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 let me show you something else, mm-hmm. you know, and you yeah. keep growing. Yeah. I feel like what I really have been focusing on this last year or so is just this idea of harvest and abundance. And I I feel like this word harvest keeps coming up in my life all the time. But I feel like last summer, I definitely took a leap of faith for myself, which is so silly to think about the story now. But I was really scared to get involved in my church and, but I really felt God calling me to it. And it's like a whole long, crazy story, but he ended up giving me like one of my best friends and like, we didn't love that small group, but then it gave me the courage to join another one. And so it's just insane how God works. But I feel like he called me to, to do some things, which was like, go to a small group where you don't really know anybody. Let's start getting involved, make some friends. And I did it. And I like listened and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to act like I walked in like all, you know, proud and happy. I definitely went a little bit kicking and screaming um, internally, but I did. And I feel like those seeds were planted in me that all of a sudden I was in another small group in the fall. And then in the spring, I started leading that same small group that I was in in the fall. And so I can see like the harvest of the seeds that were planted from before. And so I, in my mind, I keep thinking, okay, if I'm living in the harvest now, like, what am I doing to replant seeds to harvest for the future? Because I think sometimes we live mm-hmm. in that place where it's like, okay, here's the harvest. Here's the abundance. Let's stop. And we're good. Pause oh my it gosh. right there. Yeah, yeah, God. Wow. Thank you. You did amazing things, God. All done. Okay. Right. But then it's like we don't 
plant, we don't yeah. plant anything for the next season. And mm-hmm. so all of a sudden then we go through a dry season and it's like, God, why am I here? What happened? But it, And then we look back and we say, well, I lived in the abundance, but I didn't do any like like I didn't do any like I don't really know farming things that well, but I didn't like till the soil maybe no, or totally change tracking. the soil. I'm tracking with you, yeah. Plant new seeds. Yeah. I'm I'm very loose on my farming metaphors, but like you get the idea. I get it. So I, I feel it. like it's constantly now. It's okay. What season am I planting now that I'm going to see the harvest of in the next season mm-hmm. and continuing to do that? So it's not like I just I don't want to be the type of Christian that lives in. As much as I can, obviously God controls things way more than I do, but I don't want to be so up and down with my faith where it's like I go from harvest to famine, harvest to famine. Um, Obviously God can take me where he wants to take me, but in terms of what I do and cultivating my faith, I want it to be like, let's keep working towards the harvest. And maybe a famine comes that I can't control, but I know what I can control and that's to keep planting those seeds even when I'm in a season of abundance. And to go back, you know, because it, it all started, you were in a, a, a time of famine. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to go with this mm-hmm. whole farming yeah. analogy. Just follow me on this. <laughs> I'm like the most like city girl. Like I don't know anything <laughs> about this, but we'll just, we'll pretend. Okay, let's just pretend. <laughs> and let me pretend with you. Okay, yeah. so let's go back because I have no idea mm-hmm. either about farming. Mm-hmm. But let's go back because when you were in the season of your famine, your mom said, um, quit navel gazing and mm-hmm. start serving. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's great advice. Yeah, it is. And I feel like she, I feel like everybody just needs to be, if you don't have the person in your life who can say, who can love you enough to say, Hey, you're, there's something going on. Like you're not your normal self. And what can we do about it? Like you, I would encourage anyone to find somebody in their life who will do that for them. And luckily, and can I say, pause, can I say this too? What Mm -hmm. what I found is that, um, find that person in your life. But if you don't have that person, ask God for that person. Cause mm-hmm. I can tell you some of my loneliest seasons, I have prayed for a friend and God mm-hmm. has delivered like the most ultimate friends. Yeah. And it seems kind of a, I don't know, lonely mm-hmm. person thing to say, like yeah. I didn't have any friends. I had to pray for him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm truly like pray for, pray yeah. for that mentor, pray for I that. mean, I a hundred percent agree. And I'll say like one of my, um, when I was like scared. Okay. So I'll tell you the story, I guess. Um, when I was like scared to join a small group last summer, like I was so nervous about doing you know, one by myself, it's the same lies, the same lies that we believe all the time where God's like, you're going to join a group. You're, no one's going to like you. It's going to be an established group. Like you're, yeah. you're going to be the only new person and it's going to be all like best friends forever. Like, you know, that kind of stuff where I'm just so scared of being like the new person or not wanted. I tried to get my sister to join a small group with me last summer. She had already joined one with another friend and both of the groups were full. So I couldn't join her. She couldn't join mine. Could I have technically gone with her and no one was anything? Sure. I'm a rule follower though. And so if I'm signed up for one and that one's full, I'm not going to go to it. So, um, I know I'm such a rule follower. We need people like you in our lives for me. Who's not. Yeah. And so I ended up there was another girl who was signed up for my same group who also was friends with my friend, my sister and her friend. And so um, Abby and her friend went to one group and me and this other girl I just met went to the same group. And so we went to this group, like I said, of the summer, it was just like a little bit weird. We didn't like love the group, but it was like we built a friendship together. And so we joined a group together in the fall and all of a sudden I had her and then all these other new friends and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, God, like this is what I've been praying for. Like I've been praying for friends 
like a good solid community for so long. Like you gave this to me. Oh my gosh. And but, then, but you followed him too. But I did. And you I obeyed. Oh, I was so scared. I like pulled up to the parking lot of the first night of doing small group last summer, pulled up to the parking lot and sat there thinking like I could leave right now and nobody would know. And thank goodness I didn't like, I'm so glad the Holy spirit was like, no, 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 go inside. Let's go. You're already here. Just get in, get inside. Um, and then the spring came and all of a sudden I started leading the same small group and a bunch of new girls joined. And I just remember at one point in the semester thinking, God, like when you say like in Ephesians 3.20, like I will give you abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. I remember sitting in my small group the first or second week of the semester going, God, this is my abundantly more. Like I asked for friends and you gave me friends last fall, good friends, girls that I just fell in love with. And here I am making more friends on top of the friends you already gave me. And it was like, none of that would have happened had I not like followed his prompting the summer prior. And so it's just crazy when you can connect back where you see God, okay, here's what the scripture says. And now here, like I'm giving it to you in real life. And he, not only did he give it to me, he allowed me to make that connection between here's he your abundantly you. more and like made me see what he did for me in a way that now I can be grateful so much more and like so much deeper than I would have been beforehand. We started it all off, Haley, discussing, you know, what is stopping you from serving God? And and we all have our, you know, insert the blank. So mm-hmm. yours is fear. Mine is fear. But I think it's, well, I think I could take it a deep layer and saying, um, is my fear, does God really love me as much as he says he does? Mm. And so, and, and we all have our things. Mm-hmm. We all have it. Um, all right. So what would you tell that person that would say, Haley, that's great, but blank is stopping me from serving God? Um, I would say, man, that's hard. I feel like there's a lot of things. I think the first thing that needs to happen is before you can look at serving God is to look at your relationship with God and say, do I believe that God is who I think he is? And do I believe that God is who he says he is? And I think what before all of this happened, before all the story kind of got started for me in terms of growing in community these last few years, it was really about me learning who God is, who Jesus really is. And so I feel like I had a lot of misconceptions about God and about Jesus. And I really had to take a season first to learn who who is he really? Like, what does the Bible actually say? And I think that that's step one. And then I think once you have a handle on like, okay, like I get what it actually means to be a Christian and follow Christ, um, then it's like, there's that call to obedience to, to step out and serve. Um, and I tell my young life girls, my high schoolers, my small group friends, this all the time. Sometimes things just take like 10 seconds of bravery. I remember in college and then again, joining the small group, there are two distinct times that stand out in my mind where I felt the Holy spirit saying like, this is something that you should do. And both times were times where I had to put myself out there and kind of step into room with people I don't know. And I was really nervous, like really like shaking, nervous, high anxiety. Um, and I just kind of felt like this, this whole idea of like, there's 10 seconds of bravery of just do it. And one time was like sending a message to somebody on Facebook when I was in college, um, to go, it was like first week, you're a freshman, you don't know anybody. And just thinking, okay, these are some nice girls I met. Like maybe they'd want to go do something. And I ended up like sending a Facebook message and they invited me to go see a movie with them. And they ended up becoming some of my best friends in college. And it was just because like, sometimes things are really scary 
and they feel really risky, but God's not going to make you do something risky if the reward isn't great. Like he's not going to make you step off a cliff to fall and crash on the ground. Like there's going to be something on the other side, but we don't know, like we don't know what that thing is going to be if we're not willing to take the risk. And I'm preaching this as somebody who is like the least risk taker that you've ever met. Like I don't do anything risky, scary. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. Like that's not for me, but sometimes we have to be a little bit risky or be willing to take the risk to see like what God is calling us into. And then, and trust God, like you said, because sometimes you've been hurt. Mm -hmm. You've made that, that risk. Yeah. You you put yourself into that group Mm -hmm. and and, um, you got your hand slapped, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard. Yeah. I heard this analogy recently and it's really been sticking with me. It's more for people who maybe have been hurt by the church, but I think it applies in a lot of situations. Like let's say you go, go to like a bad, you go to a restaurant and the service was bad and the food was bad and you just overall had a bad experience maybe you're not going to go to that restaurant again, but you're not going to swear off all restaurants, right? Right. Like you're not going to never go to a restaurant again. You're just maybe not going to go that back to that specific one. And so I would say the same thing. Like maybe you had a bad experience at a small group or at a church or in serving with a community organization or something. Like don't swear off all churches. Don't swear off all small groups or all ministries because of one or two or 10 mm-hmm. bad experiences. I right. think that, I mean, if you have 10 bad experiences at different small groups in your church, like maybe there's some self-reflection that needs to go on there, but also maybe God is trying to teach you something. And so lean into that and see what it is. But I say just step out in faith again and trust God that he's going to provide because I think if it the provision that he gives you doesn't look like what you thought it would look like or you wanted it to look like, doesn't mean it's not provision. and doesn't mean that there's not something there that he wants you to learn or figure out or know more about him or yourself or whatever. I think that everything he's calling us to do, if we're doing it, there's going to be something on the other side. We just have to sometimes do a little bit of like internal reflection to see what that is. You see why I asked Haley to come <laughs> and sit in here with me, right? Because <laughs> we were having these kind of conversations and, and Haley, I always appreciate your honesty and your willingness to be vulnerable because you're not the only one, yeah. you know, we're, 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 but we, we just hide it. Um, where we say like, yeah, I served God or yeah, I did this, but this got hurt or I'm too scared to even take mm-hmm. that step. Um, so what great advice. And I love the planting the seed during the, the time of harvest. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's go ahead and plant that seed now. Yeah, I am. Um, we were in Bible study last week and we've been we've been doing the Priscilla Schreier Armor of God, which yeah. if you haven't done it, Jules, it is I have. the best. <laughs> it is, it is the best Bible study I've ever good. done. Yeah. But one of the things that I feel like I learned for the first time was the whole, the scripture from James where it says like faith without works is dead. And I think my whole life I thought that scripture meant like, okay, I'm a Christian so not have to do good deeds. Like I have to do things. And really it's like we can have faith, but if we our faith isn't put to the test and it doesn't require something of us, is it really faith? Like it's easy to say I believe in God when he's not asking me to do anything risky or scary or be in obedience in a certain way. But it's kind of like, okay, you say you believe in me and I'm going to test you. What are you going to do? Or I'm going to call you to do something. Are you going to walk in obedience? And so I feel like it was the first time that that verse ever made sense to me in a real way. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway is like faith without works isn't real faith. And so if you say you believe in God and he's calling you to do something and you're choosing not to do it or you're choosing to do it halfway, that's still that's 
all of that is disobedience. And that means you're missing out and you're robbing yourself of whatever he has for you. And what he has for you is always going to be better than what you have for yourself. You're just limiting, like you're limiting yourself from receiving that by not stepping out in obedience. And it's so, I'm preaching to the choir because it's hard and it's scary, but I feel like anytime I've I've seen in my life where I've done that, I look back at like what the harvest that comes from it and I'm just blown away by God's goodness. Mm-hmm. And, and take your fears to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I tell God like, okay, here are the lies mm-hmm. that's being whispered in my ear. Mm-hmm. I need your truth to combat it. Yeah. And, and he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he always does. Um, and I think sometimes too, I, I feel like I need to hide that from God. Yeah. Like I'm ashamed. Oh my gosh. I was, Jules, I was literally praying this last night as I was falling asleep. I was speaking some fears of mine out loud for the first time and I was kind of embarrassed about it, but I was like, God, like, I don't know why I feel so ashamed to like say these fears to you when, cause like he doesn't, you know, know them. <laughs> I literally said, I was like, God, I was like, why am yeah. I, why am I so nervous to say this? Yeah. Like, I know, like, you know, like, yeah. you know what they are. I'm just speaking them out loud for the first time. So, uh, we're silly <laughs> as humans. I feel like we're so silly sometimes, but, but I, but I, what I love about it is that his, 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 um, response is not like you should know better. Mm-hmm. That's not what, you know what I mean? That's yeah. not, then he's, his, mm-hmm. his response is love Yeah, and come to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then, and his his what is his his mercies are new every morning like he mm-hmm. he has grace for us and mercy mm-hmm. and um, so the response of thinking like oh yeah yet again God I'm, I yeah. don't believe you no that's not mm-hmm. not what he says and I just love when I feel like I'm going through something like that or I'm really struggling with something I feel like God has been very good mm. at opening my eyes and reminding me reminding me of the things that he's already done. And so I feel like there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'm asking for God for something and then maybe he gives it, maybe he doesn't, maybe he gives it later. Um, but even if he, if I, even if I don't feel like I have an answer yet, I feel like he turns me around and he's like, okay, but look what I've given you so far. This is evidence that I have good things for you. Let's not forget all of these things as you're in this waiting season for the next. And I just, I love, I feel really grateful. And I love the fact that, he has made me aware of the things that he's done. Cause that's the biggest thing is like, I don't want to miss God answering prayers. Like I'm so afraid sometimes that I pray for things and that he'll give it. And I'll be so hungry for the next thing that I miss the answer or the abundance that he's already given me. And so that's honestly, I'm praying that all the time. Like I don't want to miss the things that you're doing. Like I want to see it. Blessings. I want to be aware of it. I want to be able to be thankful for it. And it's like, I can't be thankful if I miss it. And so I don't want to be so forward gazing that I miss mm-hmm. what's currently happening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a current thing I think I'm going through. It's <laughs> trying to make sure I don't do that. <laughs> well, so we started this whole podcast with my friend Haley Radica with what is stopping you from serving God? And Haley, I appreciate you coming, sharing um, and chatting with me because I think we all can say, insert the blank, whatever it is that we're stopping us or or even just maybe pumping the brakes a little bit um, without fully obeying God is what you said mm-hmm. earlier. So, mm-hmm. hey, I appreciate you being with me and um, having some chats. This is fun. It I was love fun. it. We have these talks all the time, <laughs> just in life. So we figured this is a good time. Press record. Yeah, but I love it. I love your friendship. And I will say, even though I do tease Jules about being older than me, even though she's not even old. Um, <laughs> I, you said that again. I'm going to say somebody <laughs> missed it. But I love it because I feel like you're somebody who's a season ahead 
And so as I'm working through seasons, the same way I feel like I have girls behind me, I get to be one of those girls behind you that you can say, yep, this is what it's like in marriage. This is what it's like in motherhood. This is what it's like when you're in the grind of the day to day. Got to take the, you know, one girl here, one girl there. And so I'm grateful that I have people ahead of me and I don't need, I didn't even pray for you and God still gave me you. So <laughs> lucky me <laughs> or unlucky. No, I'm just oh, kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe unlucky. Yeah. Well, and hey, Haley, uh, out of this whole talk with you, I'm going to take away the plant those seeds now in the time of harvest because um, God is um, so good to me. Um, but am I planting the seeds for mm-hmm. what's going to happen in yeah. the future? And I, I just feel like that's the biggest thing. The lesson that I've learned in this last season is I'm grateful for the abundance, but I don't want to accidentally find myself in famine because I enjoyed that abundance way too hard. (laughs) I want to enjoy it enough, um, but I want to also keep working on, okay, what's next? How can I go deeper? And for me, I feel like knowing God deeper and going deeper in the word, deeper in my relationship makes me want to go deeper. And I feel like that's probably happens to a lot of people, but that's the season I'm in is like, okay, wow, God, I just, I love you more than I ever have. And how do I love you more? Haley, I appreciate you being willing to come in and chat with me a little bit. Would you mind ending our time together with that scripture you said earlier? Okay. Um, so this is from James 2. It says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does it do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless.